This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner of the 100 bucks is Rick Siegmund. Rick Siegmund, he is stuck brick and mortar business. That is his focus. So congratulations, Rick. If you guys want to win 100 bucks every Monday on the show, in order to enter, simply subscribe to the show on iTunes now and then text the word Nathan to 33444. Again, text the word Nathan to 33444. Many people ask me what tool I used to sell my first company, Heyo. The answer is thetopinbox.com. I used it to send emails, schedule emails to be sent out later, and set reminders inside my inbox so I would know when potential buyers were actually interested, and I easily remember to follow up with ones that hadn't replied to me. You can try it for free at thetopinbox.com. Nathan Latke here. This is episode 548. Coming up tomorrow morning, you'll learn from Eric Bulk of Propeller CRM, and he'll break down why he thinks he's gonna win the CRM space, but secretly, and he doesn't know this, I'm wondering if I should just buy him outright. You'll see what I do at the end of that episode. It will surprise you. Good morning, folks. Nathan Latke here. Our guest today is Manuel Silva. He's a partner at Centander InnoVentures. Now, prior to joining that, he was with the firm earlier. He was actually a founding member. It was a venture of their venture arm in late 2010, which was based in San Francisco. And that specific venture focused on a variety of different verticals, ranging from lending to new platforms to financial inclusion, private banking, and other spaces in fintech, geography-wise, focused on Latin America and Europe. So, Manuel Silva, are you ready to take us to the top? Oh, sure. All right, let's rock and roll. So, Hi, good, good to have you here today. So, tell us first, give us a sense of the the investment you're most proud of to date at Santander, and then give us an overview of kind of what geographies and what spaces you're looking at now. Sure. So, I think uh, you know we're we're extremely involved with all the investments we uh, we do uh, as a corporate venture arm for for the Santander Group. Uh, as part of our investment process, we need to make sure that the bank and, and, and the companies we invest in work together. Uh, and as a result of that, we have very deep and very close relationship with all of them. So somehow, I would say we're proud of all of them, uh, and they will make us very proud within the bank as they help us be more innovative, but also as we help them grow and use the bank to their own benefit and to, to expand, to get more international, et cetera, et cetera. I think, uh, I think you know, that, that's a source of pride. If I were to mention uh, maybe a few, uh, Manuel, you may clar- have seen that- clarify that for a second. When you say the bank, are you are, are you guys partnered with a bank, or do you stru- is your company structure is the venture arm structured like a bank? So we're we're a separate entity to uh, to Santander Group, but of course we work very closely with the bank uh, since our, our value proposition to the market is precisely that uh, you know through the assets that the bank has, we can we can help the companies we invest in grow and be more successful. Uh, so somehow we facilitate, and uh, we have structures for that, we facilitate the relationship between our investees and uh, and the Santander Group across all the footprint of the bank. When you use the word, though, the bank, Manuel, what are you referring to? I want to make sure we understand all the entities at play here. Sure. So I'm referring to all the different franchises that the Santander Group has across the, the world. So think of Santander as a global bank with the 10 main markets across uh, South America, Mexico, uh, the U.S., 
here in the UK, uh, Spain, uh, and continental Europe. So we, we have relationship, close relationship with um, each and every one of those franchises, together with some of our uh, global businesses in consumer finance or asset management. And uh, we make those connections on behalf of these um, of our portfolio companies. It makes perfect sense. Okay, now now take us into one of these companies you're most excited about. I know you've got kind of Izetto Cabbage. I hear is on a tear. Which one is your baby? Which one's your favorite baby? So since you mentioned Cabbage, um, again well, we're proud of all of them. But since you mentioned Cabbage, it's probably one that's uh, that has been in the press lately. Uh, it's a company we invested early on in in the fund, uh, and we've been working with them in developing um, uh, a working capital loans product for the UK that was just launched a few a few weeks ago. Uh, and that's a perfect example on how we work with our companies. So think of Cabbage initially as a, as a US company uh, with a well-established, very successful business over there that wants to be international and how Santander can be the international partner for one of their core markets now uh, here, here in the UK. So I think the, the reason why I'm proud of that one in particular is because you know it's a successful investment, it's a successful partnership, uh, everybody involved in the relationship sees a lot of value in, um, in, in, in the relationship. And, you know, that's a relationship that's only meant to scale up and keep on progressing as a company is more and more successful. So I would say that that's a perfect example of how we like to work. And then, with, let's, uh, and then let's go back to a macro scale real quick, since you just kind of gave us a detail on one of your investments. Mm -hmm. What's is this? Uh, is Santander have a kind of a fund set aside for InnoVentures where you're actively making these investments? And if so, what's the size of that fund? That's correct. So the fund started nearly two years ago with an initial allocation of $100 million that you may have seen got, uh, got extended to $200 million, uh, around summer this year. Um, and so it's, you know, we invest out of the balance sheet of the bank, but in terms of processes, in terms of positioning, in terms of how we treat information, how we deal with companies, how we interact with them, uh, we're pretty much like, a, an, like an independent investor, the same way a startups approach, you know, the, the, the big names of the London or the global scene for, for venture capital. And help us get a better, you know, we have a lot of venture capitalists that listen in. We had, you know, uh, Adam Valkin, the general catalyst managing director on recently. Uh, help us understand more about how you kind of play in the venture capital world, considering your affinity towards kind of the banking side of things. For example, uh, at Cabbage, I think the last round was a, with the Series E in October 2015. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that round, it looks like, again, this is based off crunch-based data, was around 135 million bucks. Are you guys typically only participating in, in one round? And does it look more like venture debt than actual equity investing? Can you can you color that out more? No, no, no. So we, we do equity investment um, only, I would say. Our group at least does. Um, and we are, our, our typical format is that we like to co-invest with, um, with our other VCs. And we're, we're quite... Um, you know, picky, I would say, with, with, with the co-investors we choose and we bring along ourselves because we, we really always want to see the syndicates we co-invest with, the combination of, uh, you know, more institutional VCs who are very financially driven and have the ability in their track record to build great companies, uh, but at the same time, co-invest alongside some strategics that may have, uh, you know, a, a differential value proposition such as ours and that can also help uh, grow the companies and de-risk them and, and make them more profitable and more successful. Early on, so you know, I think from, from what I just said, uh, definitely the co-investing piece uh, is is very key to our mandate. We really like to uh, share the key with 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 others to the extent that um, that we understand how we all can bring value with uh, with a similar objective, which is you know always the, the success of the companies we invest in. 
Manuel, are you ever leading these rounds or do you more follow the pattern where a VC has a great fintech deal? They think of you because you have a relationship and you come on as kind of a, a minor a participant in that round syndicate. I think we, we, we can do anything and everything from that perspective. I think we, we really try to work around the opportunity and what makes sense for the CEO and the entrepreneur and the company. Uh, so sometimes, uh, you know, if the, say, you know, if the company needs a strong expertise in financial services, uh, you know, we, we may end up leading. In other cases, it makes more sense for, uh, for an institutional VC to lead, especially if there are, you know, maybe more uh, corporate VCs around the table. Uh, so we really try to work on it from a, uh, on a case by case, uh, we we try we try for a Monday not to be rigid from that perspective because oftentimes uh, you know we try to be and we need to be creative to make sure that uh, that all incentives are aligned. Got it. And then I'm looking at your which we'll link to this in the show notes, but I'm looking at your portfolio company page. We've got iZettle, MyCheck, uh, Sinogen, Ripple, Cabbage, Digital Asset Holdings, and uh, Elliptic, uh, SigFid, and then one, one last one is SoCure. Does that round out the current investments that you guys have made out of the $200 million fund, or are there others I'm missing? Yeah, there's a few others that are yet unannounced that uh, should come up in the next um, weeks or months. Uh, and uh, and then we have we have a very major PR people nervous. Kate's face is going. Manual, don't slip. Manual, are there are there any you can share that aren't that aren't yet announced or no? no? Not, not at this point. Not at this okay. point. So, Got we're, it. We're very conscious of the companies also the way they think about their own PR. So that's good. Walk me through now that we understand kind of more about how you work and specifically how you work in the rounds. You're at a very unique uh, kind of angle to this market. You know, we have the CEOs on the show all the time. We have traditional VCs on the show, but you're actually in fintech. And the reason I was most interested in kind of rounding out this kind of fintech market is when I'm talking with VCs or corporate buyers of smaller entities, the largest multiples right now in any sector that I'm seeing in terms of exits are coming from and, and you know, valuations on funding rounds are coming from the fintech space in your opinion why is that um well i think i think it's a it's a sector that has um you know that that has reached a level of maturity and a level of uh of density i would say in uh, in entrepreneurs solving for concrete problems and, and and the teams they gather around that and, and the relationship they establish uh with um with industry and the incumbents that make them uh, you know, really able to tackle large problems and, and make very successful companies. So I think, I think it's a maturity uh, issue. There's a lot of folks that I've spoken with that sometimes I'll talk about this, sometimes they won't, but data is always fascinating, right? When you look at the marketing tech space, a CRM company that also monetizes, you know, monetizes the front end via B2B sales and the back end versus the data they have, there's like a two-way revenue stream. Obviously, financial data, data is super sensitive, but there's also very unique kind of consumer and business insights hidden in that data. Are you guys thinking about the data angle and any of your financial kind of portfolio investments, or are you only really focused on, hey, how does Cabbage Loan do a consumer? I mean, I think, you know, all our businesses in a way or another, all the, the companies we invested in are data-driven. You know, at the end of the day, that's, uh, that's how we think about the future of the industry. Uh, and, and, and that's how we think uh, that companies and banks, by partnering with those companies, and really promote a new value proposition for clients and, and, and ways of changing and changing businesses. So, so definitely uh, all our business have a combination of, um, of you know, smart people who are re-engineering um, traditional or maybe not so traditional banking businesses and rethinking them from the ground up. Um, and at the same time, because oftentimes they start afresh and they start with new technologies and they start with, uh, with new paradigms on the way they think about data. 
um, that gives them a sense of freshness and a, and a sense of um, of uh, ability to achieve things that uh, you know may not necessarily come from the incumbents. That uh, that is quite exciting, and that's partially why uh, why we we also exist. Um, and just one one point on that, since uh, you know it kind of permeates to to what I've been saying up to now, but. Uh, that's really the way we think about uh, the future of the fintech investing uh, world. So really, uh, as a way to partner, uh, to have banks partner with um, w- with startups and enrich each other through you know bringing the the innovative DNA that companies have and bringing the assets of distribution, the reach, the international presence, the regulatory assets that uh, that banks have, uh, and, and, and they complement each other. Folks, I may have to stop doing the podcast. I will tell you why. I have found a business and I'm ready to go all in. It's the one I want to take public by the time I turn 30. It's called the topinbox.com. And here's why I know it's going to be big, very big. There are so many other companies charging way too much for this right now. Yesware, ToutApp, Boomerang. That's to do things like send later reminders and auto follow-ups for salespeople inside of your Gmail inbox. I'm doing it. I'm going to do it for free. We have so many people using it. It's growing so fast. And we do many of the things that salespeople love. We don't require people to leave the inbox to go log into a website. It's so simple to use. And I have to tell you, I mean, salespeople are like drooling over this thing. They're like licking the the drool off their keyboard. They're loving this thing so much. Thetopinbox.com. Go install it now. Use it for free, people. Okay, I like you because you're listeners. Use it for free before I decide to start charging for it. Go right now to thetopinbox.com. Okay, Top Tribe, I have to tell you, many people go, Nathan, you came out of nowhere. Your website's growing so fast. How'd you do it? The answer is simple. So I use HostGator. I don't know if you guys know that, but I use HostGator. And the reason I do, they have like about 4,500 free templates I can use because I don't code. They've got a great e-commerce plugin. And guys, I bug the heck out of their support. They've got 24-7 support, which I love. So what I've done is I've worked with them. You guys know I make great deals. If you go to hostgator.com forward slash Nathan, you can sign up, get your own domain for 30% off and a 45 day money back guarantee. Okay, again, I make great deals for you guys. Go to hostgator.com forward slash Nathan to grab that now. Well, you certainly have more patience than me. This is a space where I would just get so frustrated dealing with regulation. I would stand zero shot at building a billion dollar business in this space. So I'm sure entrepreneurs are loving the partnerships that you bring to the table, the syndicates you're building and the investments you're making. So Manuel, let's wrap up with the famous five here and then we'll we'll figure out the best way to connect with you and link up to the show notes. So these are quick questions, one word answers. You ready? Uh, sure. Number, sure. Number one, what's your favorite business book? My favorite business book? Yep. Um, well, actually, none. <laughs> You're not reading my, one. No, I would say my my entrepreneurs are the my best business book. They teach me the most. Well, so here's the second question: Is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Um, I follow the Cabbage CEO very much. Okay, which one, Rob or Rob? Yeah. Rob? Yep, good. Number three: Is there a favorite online tool you have, whether it's managing investments or researching fintech, anything like that? Uh, we use, you know, we use a lot of tools, but probably Crunchbase is uh, one we use the most. Number four, yes or no? Do you get eight hours of sleep every night? Like, no, that's a definite no. You're loving these softball questions, aren't you? You're like, okay, I can breathe now, right? <laughs> no, no, no regulatory issues with these. All right, no, no. So the answer is no there. And what's your situation, Manuel? Are you married, single? You have kids? Single, no kids. And how old are you? Oh, I don't know. My real age, thirty-five. <laughs> 
what and what's your and what's your social security number? No, just kidding. All right. It's in the nine. I don't know. <laughs> Manuel, last question. Take us back fifteen years. What do you wish your twenty year old self knew? Uh that um there's so much to do in this world. Top Tribe, there you have it. Don't limit your focus. There's so much to do in this world. From Manuel, a partner at Santander InnoVentures, really, really active in the fintech space, building their own syndicates, maybe leading. They're really open, but they're really they're already supporting many, many entrepreneurs that are doing big things in the fintech space, including Cabbage. Manuel, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you, Nathan. If you enjoyed Manual today, go back and listen to Glenn Coates yesterday of Handshake.com. They raised 24 million bucks and they're helping 1,000 plus customers manage store product purchasing. Top Tribe, I love giving away free money. I feel like Oprah giving away cars and I have something special for you today. How many of you have heard our super sharp guests talk about success they've had with Facebook and Google ads? Well, all of you listening right now, yes, if you're listening, you get $100 in free AdWords. Here's how you get it, okay? Again, thanks for listening. Get the free $100 from Google, right, when you sign up with my website host provider, HostGator. Go sign up now to get your free money, HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Again, that's HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday.